Welcome to the Early Motherhood Guide podcast. Are you a new mom feeling overwhelmed and don't know where to start? Then this podcast is for you. Hey mamas, I'm Lacey Reason here for your breastfeeding season. If you're like most moms, the transition into motherhood can be a little overwhelming. In this podcast, I will give you tools and advice as a lactation counselor, as well as interviewing experts to help make early motherhood a little less daunting. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, and let me help guide you through these early days of motherhood. Hey mamas, I'm Lacey, your lactation counselor, and you're listening to the Early Motherhood Guide podcast, where motherhood is simply supported. So today I have the opportunity to talk to, talk to Stephanie Duger. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi there. Um, super excited to be here today. Um, so I am in Colorado and I am a psychotherapist an educator, an author, and a parent coach. Um, and I have written this book, Preparing for Parenthood, 55 Essential Conversations for Couples Becoming Families. Um, and that was kind of my my third baby. Um, and uh, yes, I live in Colorado with my husband and our two daughters and big furball of a dog. Um, and just excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited for a conversation. So um, you talk a lot about preparing for parenthood, which there is a lot to prepare for. And it can be super overwhelming on what we need to do because everyone has opinions and everything. So um, what are some of the best ways that you find to prepare for the early stages of parenthood? Yeah, so... My experience um, kind of dictated what um, I chose. I would offer others to do differently, I guess. <laughs> so I had spent my entire life working with kids and families as an adult. Um, and I had read what I thought was every single book on pregnancy, um, birth, early parenthood. And I, I kind of walked into parenthood thinking I'm a little on the older side and I'm probably going to be okay. And my husband and I are both therapists. So we're like, what could go wrong? <laughs> um, but it was so humbling actually getting into parenthood and um, and just realizing all the things, the lived experience that is so challenging to actually prepare for. And then all the conversations that I wish that we had had prior. Um, and we had some of these conversations, but there are a lot of things that we really didn't talk about. The main piece being um, what might happen to our relationship once there was a third person involved <laughs> who had much higher needs than either of us did. And um, so it was, like I said, really humbling um, in a in a really beautiful and challenging way. And I think a lot of people maybe have that similar experiences of like, wow, it. Um, it kind of rocked our world um, in a way that we weren't quite expecting. Um, and so in terms of preparing, um, you know, I feel like in this culture, at least we spend so much time focusing on, um, you know, the birth process, which is huge. You obviously want to prepare for that. Um, and, you know, the prenatal yoga and healthy eating and all of that is beautiful, wonderful, and important. But I think some of the things that we miss are, um, like, I can't tell you how many clients I've had who come in and just said, you know, I thought that once I actually was done giving birth, I've gone through this huge marathon of giving birth. I'm like, oh, I'm done. 
<laughs> and then you, you have this realization that no, actually you just kind of started and, <laughs> and now you're on full time. Um, and so I think that kind of, that kind of preparation, like um, it's sort of like, I sort of feel like parenthood is a secret club um, and until you're in it, nobody tells you what's going to happen. So you'll hear things like, yeah, you might have some challenges with sleep, or maybe you'll have some challenges with breastfeeding, but nobody really gives you the nitty gritty. And maybe that's because um, people who are expecting a baby aren't quite ready to hear it, or they're not quite ready to believe it. But um, I think anything that you can do um, to set yourself up for success, like really planning for lots of support on the postpartum side, um, you know, having all your ducks in a row, um, like having all the names of your lactation counselor, your sleep consultant, you know, your pediatrician, having everything right there because so many things are happening and they happen quickly. And it's like this kind of liminal space, you know, where you're in kind of time out of time and there's this sweetness and beauty to it. And then there's the wild, crazy stuff that's going on that you feel like it's totally out of control sometimes. And like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to sleep again? Or am I ever going to get this latch right? Or, you know, are my husband and I ever going to, um, you know, have a conversation that's maybe not about the baby again, um, or ever have a date again, you know, all of these, these pieces that um, feel um, like you might not really think about them until you're actually in it. And you're like, I'll deal with it when it arises. And then it's there and you're kind of in crisis mode. And so what I always like to share with um, the parents, the expectant parents that I work with is set yourself up, like prepare, like you're going into kind of a disaster, like a bomb's about to go off <laughs> and you have everything lined up. You have diapers for like the whole first year kind of thing. And you have, you, you just know who to call when you need support um, and then get tons of support, especially if you are a person who is used to not asking for help. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of us are, um, I can just do it. And we, again, we live in this culture that doesn't totally support the idea of the village, right? Exactly. But it's so critical when you're in it to know that other people are going through the same kinds of things. And you can reach out at three in the morning and be like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? My baby's got a rash. Is that normal? And and you're going to get a friendly voice on the other end, like, oh, I'm so glad you called. You know, I've been so stressed, you know, and um, it just is so helpful to have that ongoing support. I love that idea of having the list because it is when you're in overwhelm and if you are prepared for all the things, you know, you say like, and you don't need to know all the knowledge, you know, you don't need to be the expert on every topic mm -hmm. because like if somebody did share what their struggle was, that does not mean that you're going to share that struggle or even with your first child, that doesn't mean you're going to struggle the same struggle with your second is quite the opposite. So having that list of going to uh, just that go-to of being like, oh yeah, I remember like, this was the sleep specialist I liked. This was the lactation counselor I liked. This was like, this is the support group that I like. This is what I feel comfortable with if I have um, postpartum depression. Like anything that you, the, the thoughts that you could, could go wrong. Instead of hearing those horror stories from other moms, just being like, oh, 
okay, that, that can be something that can happen. How can I prepare and who do I reach out to if that becomes an issue instead of this is my fate? <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, it's kind of chuckling. Uh, my husband, Dan, and I had this little whiteboard um, for, just for us about all the possible things that our first daughter's crying could mean, right? So we'd go down the list. We're like, okay, hungry, diaper, tired. And we're, we're like, okay, we've gone through the whole list. Which one is it? And, you know, sometimes we'd hit the right one, but it was so helpful just to have the list there. I'm like, I know I'm going to forget something because I'm sleep deprived. And I'm, you know, the learning curve when you become a new mom is, um, it's pretty steep, unless you've grown up around um, yeah. you know, taking care of babies your entire life. I mean, for me, it was, that was brand new. So everything felt new, um, which was really exciting. And um, I got very blissed out a lot of the time. And I, I got um, crushed a lot of the time, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was really hard. I love how like you had list every, that was, I feel like that is some experience right there to have the list all right off the get go. Cause yeah, it was my first, I was not thinking the things that could go wrong. I was like, I will make them go right. I will figure it out. Whereas my mm -hmm. second, yeah, I was in that stage. I remember just before it was time to push and I'm thinking, I'm not ready to, to get to that next stage because I know this is just the beginning and I'm really tired. Mm -hmm. Totally. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's so true. And, and, um, and again, I think anything that you can do to set yourself up, like you don't know what you don't know when you're becoming a mom for the first time. Um, and then with the second um, and for you, the third and, and forthcoming, right? Um, it's like, how do you, how do you manage all of these needs of all these little people, you know, and, and everyone's got varying needs. And so having some kind of a list, so you don't kind of you know, lose your mind while you're trying to figure out what to do <laughs> um, is I think really helpful. That is. So how did you prepare for motherhood? Well, I took a lot of classes. Um, I took a, a training about uh, like a somatic attachment training, because for me, attachment and bonding is so critical and it's the work that I do. Um, and so I really wanted to make sure I got that piece dialed. Um, and that was beautiful. Um, I took, you know, a couple of birthing classes and um, I had both of my children at home. Um, and so I was really, really wanting to make sure I knew what I was doing <laughs> um, and that I hired people who really knew what they were doing. Um, and so there was a, a lot going into it. But again, I was like, I mean, I was, I'm the kind of person who goes to the library and takes out 10 books and they're all sitting next to my, you know, on my bedside table, I'm going through them like, okay, what do I need to do now? Um, and I, and even with all of that knowledge, all that information, it still was so humbling, right? Because there's the lived experience, which is different. Um, and you, you come through birth and most people after birth are pretty exhausted. It's a, it's a pretty intense experience. And and so you come out the other side and you're like, okay, now I'm on 24 seven. Um, and there's, you know, you hopefully have enough support that you're getting, yeah. you know, sleep and things like that, but it's, it is, um, trial by fire, you know? Yeah, so, 
so for me, that's, that's what I learned. Like there is, there's a, a limit to what you can prepare for, but you can like, um, so I always encourage people like, don't stick your head in the sand, like, oh, I don't want to hear about birth or know about birth. I'm just going to go into it because, um, I think that can be almost, um, it can be disempowering really. Yeah. And so it's a way to like, it's a way to come into your own as a mama. Right. Um, and so learn as much as you can. Um, and then just keep an open mind and flexibility is what I would say. Like if I were sharing with other, um, expectant moms, people expecting their first babies, especially because you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So walk me through how it was, um, giving a home birth and then doing it the second time. How are you able to prepare the second time? Mm, so, um, yeah, I, I was not somebody who thought I was going to do a home birth. Um, my parents are both physicians and they were very against it. <laughs> um, then my mom actually was a pediatrician and she was like, that's crazy. What are you thinking? And oh, thankfully no. on, and on some, on some level, thankfully they live far away. So um, <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And so we have wonderful midwives in our area. Um, and so I did a ton of research and I talked to my friends who had done home births and others who had, um, done, you know, uh, births with midwives and like a center, but I really wanted to be home. Like I, the more I learned about it, the more I learned how natural birth is and that I was a low risk person. Um, it felt like something I wanted to try and we live really close to a hospital. So I'm like, if anything goes wrong, we're like three minutes, uh, in a, you know, in a car to get there. So, um, it was, amazing and um intense right so it was like I loved loved being in my home and I loved we had two midwives and then um my husband's stepmom came and she she was a lovely human being and she was kind of my doula um and our dog was here um our previous dog and it was just a it was a very long process <laughs> For me. And um, there were a couple points where I was like, wow, may maybe my mom had a point. Maybe I am a little nuts to have tried to do this at home. Like there was that point when I was like, maybe I, I could have used some pain meds. Yeah. Um, but once I got, kind of got through that and kind of got into sort of an altered state, um, I was fine. And she was born on her bed and it was really beautiful and mind blowing. And then the second time through was easier right? Because it's the second time through, even though our children are almost five years apart. Um, and so the, our second was almost born in the birthing tub. Mm -hmm. Um, but she, um, she actually had the cord wrapped around her ankles and she was kind of bungeeing back up and down, like she wouldn't come out. I was like, this is not working. Um, so I, so I ended up having to get on the bed to, um, to have her come out and that was a super sweet experience because her big sister got to be there and yeah. um, she thought she wanted to catch her and then she was like mm, no it's a little it's a little messy <laughs> I want to do that so but she did cut the cord when it was time and that was super sweet so um, it was really I, I just loved um, being in my own space mm -hmm. and not having to go anywhere and thankfully I had um, births where I didn't need to be transported so that was obviously super grateful for that. Um, that would have been a different story, but, um, just, yeah, really grateful to have been yeah. able to do that. 
Yeah. And you feel, I'm sure feel way more confident in your decision because you've already made it through once and to be prepared. Um, yeah. I'm expecting my fourth and this time I'm planning a home birth as well. I just kind of worked down the line. I did hospital and they said it was a birth center and I just felt like that it was still very much hospital setting and the next two were at a birth center. And now I'm like, you know, I'm just going to do this at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, my mm-hmm. oldest is so excited to like, he wants oh. to get one right in there too. I think he'll just like be in the tub with me. <laughs> That's super exciting. Well, yeah. Like best wishes for an easeful birth. So um, I would love to know how, um, if you find yourself with a, maybe a tougher baby that you're having a hard time bonding, is there anything that moms can do if they're not feeling that bond right away? Or if they're just having a very difficult time with sometimes some babies just need a lot more work soothing and they're not having that experience where they had in their mind, right? Where it's going to be, they know exactly who this person is. They might need instead more time to figure out who they are and connect. Yeah. And that's a great question. Um, so the, the clients that I tend to see, um, often have challenges because of things that happened often Mm. during birth. Yeah. So a lot of us, um, unfortunately experience more traumatic births. Um, you know, things don't go as you're expecting them to. And, um, maybe you end up in in an emergency situation and, um, it just can be really challenging. Right. And so often a baby that goes through an experience like that, as well as a mama and partner, um, can come out feeling pretty dysregulated. Right. And so the bonding gets interrupted, especially if baby has to get whisked away and have procedures done. Right. They've experienced a lot and it's not the easy way that they thought they were going to come into the world. Um, and so a lot of it is for some people resolving any trauma that happened in birth. So if, if you um, are a mama who had a, what you experienced as a traumatic birth, um, I would highly recommend going to someone who, going to a therapist or a psychologist or someone who can help you work through that because it can make all the difference really early. And then the bonding and attachment can happen really easily. Yeah. Sometimes, um, it's the delivery um, process, right? So if a baby, you know, needs some interventions that are not so gentle, um, they sometimes can, you know, squeeze their head too hard or whatever. And going to a craniosacral person mm-hmm. who can work through and rearrange the bones because they're so soft and they can move easily, that can make all the difference. Sometimes, like with my second um, it's diet. Uh-huh. So our second actually has celiac and nobody else in our family has it. Um, and I didn't know that. And I was eating, you know, she was okay, but she was okay for like the first six weeks in terms of sleeping and stuff. And then her crying was just, um, exponential compared to our first. And I was like, what is happening? And I, um, I went to all these people no one could tell me anything. And, it wasn't until I, I nursed her for almost three years. Um, and it wasn't until about two and a half years, no longer than almost three years when I went to my naturopath and I had my kids with me and I walked in and the naturopath took one look at my little daughter and said, Oh my gosh, you know, she's got serious food allergies. Right. I was like, what, (laughs) how can you tell? And she said the dark circles under your child's eyes are a giveaway. 
which I had no idea. Yeah. I cut out gluten and dairy. And um, three days later, she stopped nursing. She was like, mom, I'm done. I was like, okay, <laughs> never came back. Three weeks after that, all of the challenging um, kind of behaviors and crying stopped wow. completely. So sometimes I think it's just diet. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing is probably just temperament. You know, we all come into the world, how we come in with our own personalities. And I think, you know, our, our younger one is a little fiery. She's more fiery than the rest of us are. And that's just kind of her, her thing. And we love it and support it. And sometimes it can be a little more challenging. So, um, I think part of it is just a, um, understanding the pieces that could be playing into a, a difficult connection with your child. Um, and then be supporting them in whatever they need to yeah. resolve that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, when I was, one of my child is very, yeah, just loud and yeah, short temperament. And when I was in labor with them, I was like, this is going to be my Zen baby. Like this, everything felt really great. And wow. If God had a sense of humor that was showing right then, because the moment that child was born, I was like, Oh, I, I don't know this child. I, that was all made up in my mind. <laughs> like, this is a completely so human being, right? Uh, yeah. And, and like you spoke to earlier, every child is totally different. Like mm -hmm. your first, our first was, was the little Buddha baby, right? Yeah. She came into yeah. the world, just gentle. She still like oozes this compassion and gentleness and, and our seconds, like, I'm going to go out and conquer the world, right? Like there's yeah. this very different energy. And so you have to parent a little differently mm -hmm. for each of your children. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. what are the most common challenges that you find new parents face? So um, one of the biggest things that I feel like doesn't get talked about is the relationship between the parents, right? And so and I know I want to honor that a lot of people have children as single parents and kudos to them. Um, they're amazing. Um, but if you are partnered, um, a lot of us come into the world with two parents. And, you know, if that's kind of like the foundation of your whole connection, um, it, it definitely just takes a backseat for most people, right? So there's so much attention that needs to go to this little human that has enormous needs and um, you just don't really have time to be, you know, talking so much about your relationship. They're, you know, you're not resource. And most new mamas, if they're nursing are touched up, right? Yeah. Like they're like, don't just don't even come near me. Everything hurts. Like, <laughs> you know, if you want to give me a back rub, that's great. But otherwise just, you know, no way. Um, and so there are things that tend to suffer. So the communication tends to suffer and the intimacy tends to suffer, right? And, and so you have to, I feel like, make a really concerted effort with your partner um, to reconnect on some level. So once you're through that kind of six to eight weeks of healing time, um, there's hopefully a little more energy can start returning back to that orbit of like, oh, hi, you're still here. Um, <laughs> thanks for getting the groceries this week, right? And kind of trying to reconnect and and have conversations again that aren't just about your baby. Um, so a lot of the parents who come in to see me, 
they're like, everything was great. And we were so excited to have this baby and we were like blissed out. And then baby came and usually the partner's like, what, uh, what am I chopped liver? Like I, <laughs> I'm not even invited into this little scene and you're having this love fest with the baby. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I get to hold the baby, but a lot of my needs aren't getting met. Right. And so it's often the partner who's um, upset or feeling left out or, um, you know, just feeling not as important as the baby. Yeah. Um, and so much attention needs to go towards the baby and towards the mom so that she can heal and recover well. Um, and so that's really one of the biggest things. And obviously, you know, another one is breastfeeding. Um, yeah. That's a, that's often a challenge for a lot of new mamas um, for as long as they nurse right? There are so many pieces that go into that and how that changes over time. Um, and then obvious another one's sleep. Yeah. And if, if we're not sleeping, everything else um, kind of goes down the, the suck hole. <laughs> so it's like, you know, we, we need it so much um, in order to be our best selves. And yeah. so when we're underslept, we tend to be more irritable um, you know, we have less patience yeah. for everything. And it's also um, a setup for postpartum mood disorders, right? So you have to be so careful with that. So I'm always telling new mamas, like sleep, like sleep when your baby sleeps. And if you have other kids, find a way to like try to squish in some time where even if you're just resting with like, you know, your eyes are kind of you're not in full sleep, but you're resting and your kids are here and they're safe enough. Yeah. Um, like that can be helpful because what your body goes through and each time success successively, right. It builds on it, each other. So it's going to take um, longer for your body to bounce back after baby number two, baby number three, right. It's like a um, consistent stress on your body. So um, you have to be careful with it and gentle and like so respectful of your physical needs. Yeah. So I would say those are the three top things that I see. Okay. And so what would be like the most important thing that expecting parents should do before their baby arrives? Um, there are probably lots of, lots of really important things to do. <laughs> um but I would say one of the one of the best things you can do is like have these really important conversations that dig deep, right? And um, and I think a lot of us avoid them until they're in our face, or we may not think about them, right? So like talking about intimacy, like hey, we know like we're given the six week period usually after. Um, having a baby, and then you're supposed to be able to have sex again, right? And for some people, it's like, oh my gosh, like that is the a the last thing on my mind, right? Yeah. And and b maybe you're not fully healed, maybe things don't feel great, or you had surgery or whatever. Um, so there are a lot of pieces that can come into that, but if you don't talk about it beforehand, and you kind of go into it, and your partner's like, all right, it's six weeks today, I'm ready, down. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. And maybe you are ready and that's great. Um, but to just talk about all the, the pieces that can go into that, yeah. like, Hey, you know, are you okay? Like, what can we do if things don't work out that way? Are there other things we could do instead? Right. Um, and talking about things like, um, like I'm always amazed at how many people don't have a will, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like going into parenthood, like you should have a will before you become a parent, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, worst case scenario, something bad happens, right? And you, you need to know that your child is going to be well taken care of and not um, held by the state trying to find a, a family for them, right? Like it's like horrible to think about. No one wants to think about it. So they don't talk about it, right? Um, talking about how your finances might change, how your roles are going to change. Yeah. Um, all those pieces I think are really critical, but that, I mean, there's so many pieces to prepare and it feels like such a short period of time. And, and I know a lot of people just want to stay in the kind of like, Oh, like it's so sweet. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to go to my baby shower and it's like, we, it's, um, you know, it's kind of like a Disney movie. Right. And it's like, everything's beautiful. And then, um, then you're in it and you're like, Oh my gosh, how come nobody ever told me about this? Like, it's so stressful. So I, I don't ever want to scare expectant parents. And I think the more prepared that you are, the less you're going to be scared. Yeah. And it is very empowering too, because you have those answers and you feel very prepared, right? Yeah. And with the partner, yeah, that is somebody that is extremely ignored or kind of left by the wayside, right? They have, they are the rock of the support at that point. They, you need them the most. And yet yeah, they really have to set aside all of their needs and wants for quite a bit. So I think that's really important on a really communicating what it's going to look like at six weeks, right? Or maybe I still need a bit more time or what happens if we are spending time together and yet things aren't going as planned, right? <laughs> Cause I've had some mamas also share like that. It's just not what they expected afterwards. Right. And whether it's emotionally or physically, they're just not ready to move forward and finding out other ways that they can still connect with their spouse is very important. So very good yeah, point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So what happens if, and this is, I get a lot of mamas where they have missed the window, right? <laughs> they realize they're in the thick of it at this point, right? And they are completely overwhelmed. And they're like, I wish I prepared myself beforehand, but most people we don't, right? We get excited and nobody wants to be worried about all the stressful stuff, right? So um, yeah, how many people, like, or many people have these times where they're feeling overwhelmed? So what are some things they can do when they have that overwhelm? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, um, I would say most people um, are not prepared for a lot of the, the um, kind of shock of going into to parenthood. Um, and so if you find yourself in that space, um, my best advice is to slow down, right? So if you, it's slowing down to speed up, right? It's like, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to take some breaths. I'm going to calm down. And I'm who can I reach out to for support, right? Like that's when you need your tribe. Yeah. Um, this is the person that I call for breastfeeding support. My baby has a rash. I'm going to reach out to the pediatrician or ask my partner to, right? It's like you, you slow down and try to help yourself think. And that's when it's really important to have that list, right? So you're not then in the frenzy of who do I call and who are the, I can't find my phone. And, you know, just like stick something on your fridge or someplace obvious where you're not going to misplace something. And um, I would say the support piece is 
um, pretty underrated in this society, right? And so, again, so many people come through the world and they're like, I can totally do this on my own. Like, I'm, I'm an amazing, strong woman and I, you know, I have my own career and I, I crush things and I can do this. Right. And it's hard to reach out sometimes for support because they feel like maybe we're failing, but that's the time when you really need it. Right. And so to, if you find yourself in that place of like, oh my gosh, I wish that I had, um, you know, researched lactation counselors right <laughs> before I was here, it's like, take a breath, call, call a friend who can do the research for you or call your, your spouse. Right. And like, Hey, like we need somebody stat. Mm -hmm. um and then just just settle like just try to stay calm so the more calm that you are the more calm your baby will be yeah right so even if things aren't going well there's this positive feedback loop if mama stays calm and is like okay I don't know what to do but we're gonna figure it out and everything's gonna be okay yeah right yeah. and when we bring it down a level from that um what can be like a very stressful anxious um, place that we're in, which doesn't feel good. Um, everybody gets to settle. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, like everything's going to be okay. It's, you know, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Very yeah. true. And that's a good reminder. Cause, um, when I had my third, I was definitely in that overwhelmed state. Right. But I, I some things I had down at that point, cause I've already learned how to juggle multiple kids, but I did have that list. I learned from that experience where mm -hmm. I had a list of like, indoor act, indoor playgrounds and then I had a list of fenced in playgrounds like mm -hmm. and for the outside days and then I had a list of like sensory activities too like I had a list of all the different quick I could pull out on like if it was complete overwhelm I could just go down this list and be like I just need to pick something here and fortunately with my third she was just a baby that was just down to do whatever you know she was so easy yeah. And for me, that overwhelm was like multiple kids. And so, yeah, that's a great reminder of just having that list, whether it is for support or even just a go-to, right? So that we don't always end up doing like, you know, eating takeout or having a show on, you know, those little quick things that are just as quick and easy. But if you have it written down and you're like, hey, I can always go to this, like, this is a quick, easy meal. I have in the freezer or whatever. This is a exactly. quick activity, something to get everyone. So your default isn't so much being stressed out and putting on a show. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's um, a great point. It just like, like having information can yeah. be so helpful yeah. when you're overwhelmed and you're not able to really think through. Yeah, It's like, how do I slow down? Oh, right, I have this list. I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to do number four today because that's what feels like the best idea. Yeah, very smart. Um, so tell me more about the support and this course that you're coming out with. Yeah, so um, I tried to launch a course for expectant mamas and expectant partners too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I realized was when you're not in the heart of it, <laughs> you're kind of in the honeymoon of it. Like everything's gonna be amazing and beautiful and. Um, why, why we need to do anything really to prepare besides, you know, get a car seat, maybe right? it's <laughs> like, we know, we're going to the hospital and everything's good. And so the people who ended up really coming to me for help for the most part, um, were people who are in, in the hurting stage and just like, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I don't even know where to start. 
and they had so many things going on. And so I thought, why not create um, a coaching and, and course piece that's like a kind of basics of like, hey, let's talk about the basics of sleep for your baby at their age. Yeah. Um, and then we can work one-on-one -on -one and just check in, like, how are you doing? What do you need support with? And then build out your tribe, right? So like go to the people who are the experts in these fields, right? And and launch from there. Like if if everything's great except for sleep or except for nursing, you find those people and then you branch out from there. Yeah. Um, but like giving kind of like the overall holding for new mamas because it can be so overwhelming and we aren't always great about reaching out for support. So the course that I'm, I want to try out is it's just a beta course right now. So I'm looking for beta mamas who are um, excited about trying out like a six week um, support group and a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with me um, and just, um, just seeing what we come up with. So it'll be kind of co-created and then I can make adjustments from there. And so it's, like super inexpensive to start with. It won't be once I kind of dial it out, but um, want to invite new mamas um, through probably about, uh, probably about May would be when I would kind of stop um, offering a, a discount price for it just to come in and try it out and, um, and get some good feedback and hopefully get some really solid support. Yeah. And I mean, it's so needed. So I'm so glad that you're creating this because yeah, it tends to be when you're in it, right? And you really need that, like that ear for somebody to listen to you. And yeah, I think that's very, very much needed. So thanks for offering that. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. Keep your brain up. Yeah. So is there anything else that you would love to add to today? Um, I guess I just want to say that, um, you know, there's so much pressure on moms, Um and, and parents in general, but I would say especially moms, um, and there's so much judgment, right? And so the more gentle we can all be with each other, like parenting's really hard sometimes, <laughs> Yeah. right? Um, it's gonna push every button, it's gonna max you out, it's gonna make you stretch beyond anything you imagined you could do. Um, and so if we're supportive of each other and kind instead of judgmental, um, and just like being so gentle on yourself as well. Like you're going to have bad parenting days, you know, you're going to have like the tantrum, you know, blowout diaper day all combined and, um, and it's hard. Right. And, and so to just be able to kind of maintain a little bit of a sense of humor of like, oh, wow, like I wish I could kind of erase that day, but now when I look back on it, it's sort of funny yeah. and just kind of taking this attitude of like, we're not going to be perfect. Um, if if we um, are a good enough parent, we get it right only 20% of the time. <laughs> and 60% of the time we mess up and we have to repair. Like we snap at our child because they, you know, threw spaghetti sauce on the wall or something. And, um, and we come back and we're like, okay, mommy lost her temper a little bit. I'm sorry. And it's okay. And let's clean it up together. Right. So that equals a total of 80%, 20% kind of perfect, 60% making up for the mistakes. And then the other 20% is as long as it's not 
too bad. <laughs> it's okay. Like it's just going to roll off. So you don't have to be perfect. You're, none of us can be. And so again, having that gentleness around the times when we're not doing the kind of parenting that we wish we were um, because we're not resourced or, or exhausted or whatever. It's just, I feel like really critical in this day and age. Yeah, that, that seems very doable too, because I think we're all very hard on ourselves. And so to give us that, give us our, give ourselves that grace is, it's always needed to hear. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for having me, Lacey. It was really fun. Yeah. And thanks everyone for listening. I will see you guys next week on the Early Motherhood Guide podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Early Motherhood Guide podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And if you haven't already, click the link below to join my Boost Your Milk Supply Bootcamp. See you next week.